This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the Flagship Podcast. I am Chip Brown, joined as always by our fearless leader, the managing editor of Horns 24-7, the one and only Taylor Estes. Taylor, how you doing? Chip, um, I'm doing well. You know, uh, spring football just wrapped up and we have a lot of football to talk about and to recap. So we know it's going to be a good episode of the Flagship Podcast if it's football-centric, and that's what we've got here. How are you doing? Oh, it's like, uh, I mean, it's one of the happiest days and also one of the saddest days because we got football, actual football, and it was a beautiful day at DKR. And I mean, the fans were out, I'd say more than the usual 20,000 or so fans. It felt more like 30, maybe even a little higher than that, even with the social distancing, but beautiful day, good football. Uh, injury free and lots to talk about Taylor. So let's get right into it. And obviously we can, we can talk about other positions, but we should probably start with the quarterback position because that's what everyone is talking about. And I walked away from this spring game feeling, feeling good about Casey Thompson and Hudson card. And we had a chance to talk to Steve Sarkeesian today. And he said, you know, look, both quarterbacks had cool moments, he said, cool moments, and then some adversity, and he liked how they fought through the adversity. And I think when you, you know, let's start with Casey Thompson, because he got to play with the, the first team offense, right. and we can get into that in a minute. Why did Steve Sarkeesian do that, um, have Casey Thompson play with the first team offense, and Bijan Robinson, and Jordan Whittington, and Joshua Moore and Troy O'Meary and Hudson Card gets the second team offense and Roshan Johnson, Marcus Washington in the second team offensive line. But I think you look at what Casey Thompson did on the, on the first drive and he led the offense right down the field. He hits Joshua Moore with a perfect 34 yard pass in the end zone. Moore has it and then can't control it all the way to the ground and, and it's an incompletion. They end up scoring on the drive anyway, because Bijan Robinson is a monster, but um, you know, Casey Thompson looked good right off the bat. And then I thought he also was having his best drive when uh, the drive ends with a pick six right before halftime. And I, I go specifically to third and eight when he gets flushed from the pocket, he rolls to his right and he finds Jordan Whittington for a 23 yard completion. And that's the kind of stuff that and the 22 yard pass to Troy O'Meary on that drive, where he feathers the ball right over the linebackers and in front of the defensive backs that 
under pressure, that kind of throw. Coaches love that stuff because you got to have touch. And people are going to talk about arm strength, about these quarterbacks coming out of this spring game because Hudson Card clearly has a, a rifle. And we saw that. And Casey Thompson probably doesn't have the arm strength of Hudson Card, as we saw throw into the far hash from the opposite hash uh, or throw into the sideline from the opposite hash when he got picked off for the pick six. Um, but I guess you walk away from this game saying, well, thank goodness you learn that's not a throw you want to be making with Casey Thompson, especially against zone defense. I didn't quite understand the call or maybe Casey should have checked out of that or just checked it down because that uh, back shoulder throw across the field is better against man defense than it is when everybody's sitting there looking at the quarterback and baiting him and can, can sit on the, on the ball. But obviously Hudson card, the throw everyone's talking about is the, the touchdown pass to Marcus Washington, where he's completely covered up by uh, early enrollee cornerback, Jameer Johnson and Hudson card throws it to a spot knowing that Marcus Washington is going to be in that spot. And sure enough, it's, what you call throwing with anticipation and throwing a receiver open. And that's, that's big time. I mean, that's when people talk about his arm talent and make these grandiose comparisons of Hudson card, uh, like in Bruce Feldman's uh, article for the athletic comparing Hudson Carter, a former coach on Herman staff, apparently compared him to Aaron Rodgers. Well, that's the kind of throw that we're talking about, but Taylor, I walked away from the spring game saying this offense is going to be in good hands with either quarterback. These are both players on the rise and it's about time. Texas has two quarterbacks who are capable of leading the team. And, you know, I've had source team sources say the quarterback and this offense is going to be better than it was last year under a four-year starter at quarterback because of the fact that these young quarterbacks are hungry, they're talented, they're going to be in Steve Sarkeesian's offense. I don't want to get into the expectation game quite yet because there's still a long way to go and other positions have to thrive for these quarterbacks to thrive. But I walked away saying, okay, this quarterback position and this quarterback competition is raising the level of everybody. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. And I think that, you know, I think Texas fans walking away should feel a little bit better about the overall room. I also could understand why some may not be as set on who the guy is, because I think the majority of people leading into, you know, all offseason basically expected Casey Thompson to be the number one guy. And, you know, he lines up with the first team offense going against the first team defense and all of that. And but I think that you know, Hudson card for the first time, truly the first time he's had a chance to really show what he's um, worth, you know, what he could be. That's a positive. But I, at the same time, on the flip side, you're kind of like, well, I don't, I feel a little bit less known that Casey's the guy. I mean, like, just because I was probably not expecting Hudson card to, you know, make some of the throws that he did make. And, um, you know, I think one thing that Steve Sarkeesian did address this week when we talked to him was about how, you know, he really liked seeing that Hudson card 
kind of went through, you know, a little bit of adversity in the first half when, you know, he hits Marcus Washington on the numbers and he drops the ball. And I mean, there's a lot of, you know, um, drop passes that Steve Sarkeesian addressed, but he liked to see that, you know, his uh, mental fortitude, I think is the way he said he really was impressed by that for him to continue going on. But yeah, I mean, I think that this is a good position for Texas to be in. Um, having two obviously viable options at quarterback. And it also helps. We've talked about this before, Chip, but when you have a guy like Bajon Robinson in your backfield, that also helps a quarterback. That also helps the offense get in the rhythm. And, you know, I think that that the offensive line play is still a little bit up in the air. That's going to impact both the running game and the quarterback game, you know, and, um, but, you know, they're not, everybody was healthy out there. Derek Kerstetter, you know, is still rehabbing that injury. So, there's a lot of still kind of unknowns, but if you're a Texas fan, I think you have to walk away from that game and say, well, one of these two guys are going to be good. And they're going to, at least they, as long as they have the weapons around them, they're going to have a chance to win some ball games. So I think that's a positive. Yeah. And I think um, you can look at it any way you want it. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian's walking a tightrope here. It's hard to keep two talented quarterbacks on the same roster as we've seen. Shane Bouchelle left when Sam Ellinger ultimately won the, the starting job. Cam Rising left. Heck, Colt McCoy ran off about four quarterbacks. <laughs> yes. um, Jevin Sneed, G.J. GJ Kinney, for those who have a long memory. And, and that's the way it goes. But right now, you've, you've got two talented quarterbacks. One has been on campus for three years. One has been on campus for going, you know, redshirt freshman, uh, super talented. And, but, you know, there are little things that the quarterback does that the coach looks at and says, okay, does he lead the team? Does he have command of the team? Does he have command of the sideline? Does he have the ability to throw with touch, get us out of a bad play, get us into a good play? Take the check down. And, and I think these are the things that Casey Thompson and Hudson Card are going to have to really establish over the summer if they're going to win the job. Because I always go back to Colt McCoy and Jevin Sneed in the spring of 06. They bring in Jevin Sneed, who was supposed to go to Florida, but Florida ended up taking Tim Tebow. And, and Jevin Sneed was the big, strong guy. Colt's a little wispy guy. And Jevin had the better spring game mm -hmm. and Colt had to hear about it. And Colt dug in over the summer and he won the job going away. The rest is history. And who wants it more? Who's willing to put in the work and, and do the things that this coaching staff is looking for to establish himself as the guy, this is my team. And it's going to be hard in the wake of, Sam Ellinger's leadership, because he was so demonstrative, he was not afraid to call guys out. He said, this is the way it's going to be. And guys listened and followed because he was tough and he had won games. These guys haven't, I mean, Casey's won a game in the Alamo Bowl. Hudson Card's trying to establish himself. These are the things that are going to have to happen over the summer to you know, compete for the job. It's not just knowing all the offense. It's not just studying a ton of film. It's presiding over this team, giving them confidence. Your quarterback, when he walks on the field, you should feel like, 
we're going to win this game because I got the better quarterback. And these guys are, are going through that, working on it. And this competition is pushing both of them. And I, from everything I've heard is there's no toxicity in the locker room because Casey and Hudson have handled themselves as guys who are trying to do what's best for their team. They're not trying to trash each other or, you know, I, I got this group in the locker room and they're not doing that. And that's, that's key too, because we've seen situations. If you go back to, you know, Texas A&M when Kyler Murray and Kyle Allen both left, you can have situations where a quarterback battle becomes toxic. We're not seeing that at this point. And I, that's a credit to these guys and to Steve Sarkeesian. So a lot to play out here, but again, I thought from the, from the spring game, you walk away saying, man, we got two talented quarterbacks who are are only going to get better as they get more comfortable in this offense. Um, and Taylor, you know, there, we got a lot to, to get to, but, um, you know, when you, one thing I was going to say too, chip, that I think is important that a lot of people need to, you know, kind of put in your back pocket, it's going to be consistency. I mean, how many times have we heard, um, Steve Sarkeesian talk about the importance of consistency, especially at the quarterback position. So, you know, that's something that you have to kind of probably go through some ups and downs, but that's going to be, I think, in my opinion, too, in addition to everything that you said, a really key component to how this quarterback battle is going to play out. It's going to be a lot of, you know, off the field, the leadership stuff. Another thing that Steve Sarkeesian has mentioned that he looks for, you know, in a quarterback, but consistency also, and that's probably not going to show up until, you know, fall camp, you know, they're going to really have a chance to get better over the next several months, but you know, the minute that fall camp starts, I think that will be such an important factor for both quarterbacks to make sure that they are being consistent in front of the coaches and live action practices, because I think that's also something that Steve Sarkeesian is, um, you know, needing at his quarterback position. Yeah. And, and look, Texas fans are well-versed in quarterback battles. I mean, (laughs) I just in my time covering the program since 92, you know, Shea Morantz and James Brown, uh, Major Applewhite and Chris Sims, um, Colt McCoy and Jevin Sneed and all comers. The thing you cannot just blanket say is, well, this guy, because people are going to look at Hudson card and say, well, look at that arm, look at arm talent. Okay. Chris Sims had arm talent. And was he ready when Mac made him the starter after major Applewhite had you know, been a co-Southwest Conference Offensive Player of the Year. Some of it is timing. Right. Hudson Card may have more arm talent than, than Casey Thompson, but is he ready to do all the other things? Be consistent, like you say. Command the offense and the team. That's the stuff that Steve Sarkeesian's getting paid $5.2 million to figure out, but I sure like what I saw. Um, obviously, we mentioned the ups and downs. Casey Thompson made that throw on the deep out, never should have made it, ends up turning the whole game. His team lost the spring game because of that decision. And we've never seen Casey Thompson throw an interception in public, um, even though, you know, both threw interceptions and Hudson Card threw two pick sixes in previous spring scrimmages uh, one to Josh Thompson in scrimmage one and one to Luke. Brockermeyer in scrimmage too. So 
you know, if, if we're looking at interceptions, they both had interceptions in the spring. Now it's who can be consistent, as you said, who can show that they can bounce back from adversity. It's going to be fun. Um, obviously, Taylor, we mentioned Troy O'Meary. We finally got a glimpse of Troy O'Meary. It wasn't much. He was wearing a non-contact jersey, but I mean, that 22-yard catch he made sure was fun to watch, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we were kind of expecting there not to be a ton of action with him because, you know, he is not full go. But, um, you know, you and I have been saying this dating back to fall camp last year. I mean, it's rare that a first-time player comes in and is automatically, um, you know, number one on the depth chart after a week of fall camp. And that's exactly what Troy O'Meary was, you know. And so I think it, it was good to see him out there. That was an impressive reception, the 22-yard reception that he had there from Casey Thompson. And I mean, I think it only gets better from this point, Chip. And that's, that's needed at the receiver position. Because I do think the one thing the spring game may have showed was who, who are the go-to guys? Who are the ones that are going to be reliable catching the balls? And, you know, it's, it's spring. It's up and down. These All of these players are learning not only, you know, new um new coaches, but also an entirely different scheme on all sides of the ball, all phases of the game. So, you know, but I do think that Texas fans, even though it's one reception, they should be pretty uh, impressed by what Troy O'Meary's ceiling is. Yeah. And Jordan Whittington, um, you know, sure-handed again, that 23 yard catch he made on third and eight. He made a bunch of catches. Actually, he had uh, what uh, five catches for 56 yards and, um, as Steve Sarkeesian said, Jordan Whittington, probably the furthest along in terms of digesting the offense among not only his position group, but on the offense. Mm-hmm. And, and so you're excited about those guys. And of course, Bijan Robinson, we can't, I mean, it, it's so crazy to me, Taylor, that the guy only had 86 carries last year. I've jokingly said, if he had more Tom Herman, probably still have a job, but you know, Bijan Robinson is a guy who obviously set the, you know, yards per carry record as a freshman last year. And he's so his ability to cut, he, he doesn't look like he's going as fast as he is. And for a big guy, he, he can cut and get North and South in a heartbeat. Poor Brendan schooler got left in his cleats twice um, in that first drive to Bajan's touchdown, including the run, the six yard run that he had for the touchdown where he almost falls down, but is still able to cut in front of schooler and get into the end zone. So the guy's a freak and, and he's going to be the, the focal point of the offense. We have to mention him because he's the next, he's the next great running back at Texas. You almost take him for granted, but that guy did not disappoint in his limited action. Yeah, no, he definitely did not. I mean, there's a reason why he's one of the, you know, early Heisman um, odds that have come out. He's the only non-quarterback that's in basically the top 10 of the Heisman race currently leading up to the season. And um, again, you know, as we've said, like if you have a guy like him on the field, he's going to make everything look better. He's going to make everything feel better. He's going to be the difference maker. And And I totally agree with you. I mean, the the, the way that, you know, Tom Herman 
really handled running back rotation and rotation at a lot of positions on offense, but the running back rotation had been a consistent issue since he got there. Like remember the 2017 you, I will never forget the USC game in 2017, Chris Warren's the only running back moving the ball. And after the game, I asked him why, why did you let him get more into a rhythm? And he's like, well, he only had, you know, I think it was like 3.6 yards per carry. And it's like, yeah, that's a first down every three carries. Like, your offense wasn't rolling, you know, and so that had been a consistent issue. I mean, I think all of us wanted to pound our head against the wall when we were asking about Bijan Robinson last year, and it didn't happen until Keontae Ingram was injured that he was able to show what he got, and then he, you know, finished his season with the program, you know, record for yards per carry. I mean, imagine if Bijan would have gotten the amount, the you know, a heavier load last year. Right, that yeah. Najee Harris got, the 200 carries that Najee Harris got. I mean, Texas probably wouldn't have lost to Iowa State, no. <laughs> probably would have played in the Big 12 title game and who knows, but it's, it's, um, he's fresh and ready for Steve Sarkeesian, that's for sure. And, yeah. and look, that guy's going to be able to hide a lot of mistakes and, um, you know, a couple other guys for me, Taylor, who flashed on offense, even on the offensive line, as bad as nine sacks sounded on Saturday. And the guys just had to touch the quarterback to get the sack. But there were some glimpses of guys to keep an eye on. I, I like Andre Carrick, who got some reps at right tackle, and he rotated with true freshman Hayden Connor. Right. Hayden Connor, true freshman, was getting reps with the first team offense at right tackle. He struggled. He gave up a sack to Moro Ajomo. But the fact that the coaches had the confidence to put um, Hayden Connor out there tells you they think he's a guy to keep an eye on. Mm -hmm. And Andre Carrick showed you a little bit at the end of last year against K-State and against Colorado that he's got some nastiness to him. And Jalen Garth, I know on the white team, the second team offensive line, Hudson Card running for his life. But Jalen Garth, Richard freshman, was playing left tackle pretty much the whole spring game. And he looks, he's got some good feet. He's going to figure it out. They're going to coach him up. So I know everyone's like, Oh, the offensive line, we got to get in the portal. Okay. Derek Kerstetter is you said, Taylor's coming back. He'll help solidify things. And then you've got some veterans up there, but I just, I saw, and Jake majors, good heavens. This guy already looks like he's been in the program three, four years. I mean, he's just, He's confident. He's always in the right position. And they ran the ball Saturday. And when you're running the ball, the interior of your line is doing well. And that's Denzel Okafor, Jake Majors, and uh, Junior Angelau. So um, not a bad thing when you can run the ball. We can work on pass protection. We can bring tight ends in to help. We can have running backs help chip. So Steve Sarkeesian can roll the pocket. He can do a lot of things to, to hide uh, bad pass protection, but you've got to be able to run the football in this offensive line against a talented defensive line was able to run the football. Right. I was going to mention that too. The other thing on the flip side of it, obviously, yes, nine sacks doesn't sound great. Like nobody, Ooh. nobody who's watched a football game would be like, Oh yeah, that's a good stat. Flashback but, to the uh, red river shootout from 2019. Right? Yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, the other thing is, is, one uh, position group that Steve Sarkeesian had mentioned and addressed was the defensive line. He uh, said that, you know, they've 
progressed in a way throughout spring where they can be dominant is what he had said about the defensive line. And that's a, that's a positive, you know, the best, the best offense can be a good defense at times too. You know, if you have, if you have, you know, the defense, like not allowing other teams to score, giving the ball back to the offense, that's what you want to do, you know, and the best if that, if that continues, especially up front with, um, you know, Pete Kwiatkowski's attacking style of defense and that, you know, these guys continue to go, I mean, that's a big deal. Um, and so that'll also kind of help out if there is, you know, even some slow starts in the offense with like some first time starters out there. But yeah, I think you have to give credit to the defensive line because, you know, obviously that was a position that was not necessarily as big of a question mark as offensive line going into spring and since the end of the 2020 season, but you know, as bad as some of those sacks were, it just shows that what the talent that they have on the defensive front. And that's, that's huge. I mean, think about in 2017 when Texas, you know, their defense was pretty solid in Todd Orlando's first year. Well, Puna Ford was a monster up front. I mean, there were some solid guys that never really got a ton of the credit. I mean, when you have a defensive front that is able to put pressure on the quarterback, it makes the guys jobs in the back easier. It makes guys like Deshaun Elliott be a Thorpe award finalist for all of his interceptions because, you know, the quarterbacks and the opposing quarterbacks had people in their face at every freaking time that they threw the ball, it seemed like. So, you know, I think that that's, that's really huge and should not be overlooked too when looking at the sack category. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, when you, when you look at who flashed on defense, I think you're, you know, Moro Jomo jumps out and look, Moro Jomo has been playing first team defensive tackle with Keandre Coburn the whole spring ahead of Alfred Collins. Now, Alfred Collins had, you know, a wrist injury that slowed him down a little bit in the beginning of spring. But what I'm hearing is they want Alfred Collins to, to grasp everything mentally. Don't just overpower people physically. Be smart about how you attack that offensive lineman. How is he setting? Are you going to use a, a bull rush? Are you going to use a speed to power? Are you going to use a swim move? I want, you know, and I don't know. I've, we've talked to Tim Crowder, who's coached Alfred Collins. Tim Crowder played at Texas on the 05 national championship team. He, he thinks Collins could play defensive end like Reggie white and just turn the guy loose and watch him destroy uh, opponents. But credit to Moro Ajomo and this guy, remember they signed him. He was 17. Mm -hmm. He's blessed with a great frame and now he's putting it together. And what you're hearing, what I'm hearing from you know, team sources is the guy is always asking, what do I need to do to get better? What do I need to do to get better? And boom, you're seeing another player develop. Remember, Tavondre Sweat is probably in that spot, but he's hurt. Right. Okay. He's He had shoulder surgery. So now you've got all this time for Moro Jomo to show what he can do. And it just emboldens that defensive line. Uh, even more and it's the strongest position on the team and and you couple that with the fact that Ray Thornton the grad transfer from LSU had a great spring taking over for Joseph Osai at the at the jack position and you got Jacoby Jones on the other uh, defensive end spot that's another reason to feel good coming out of spring about this defense Taylor yeah I mean 
Joseph Osai was, that was the, you know, probably the main position on defense that people were wondering who was going to step up for, you know, and as you mentioned, Texas went to the portal, got Ray Thornton, and that's probably, it may be one of the more under or overlooked aspects of spring football, but it shouldn't be. I think that's actually so key because Joseph Osai was so disruptive, um, you know, when he was on defense, when he was on the field. I mean, that guy has a motor like no one's business, you know, I mean, and so the fact that there's a, and not just a player that's showing out in spring, but a veteran player, an experienced player, an older player who understands the game of college football, not some true freshman that just flashed, you know, in the spring game and everyone's going to hype him up. And then all of a sudden he's not going to do anything for a few years. Like this is a, a very ideal situation at a position that you didn't know if there was an ideal, you know, answer on this current roster. So I think that's huge and should not be overlooked. Well, and you bring that up. And of course I said last week going into the spring game, I was going to be, you know, focusing in on the middle linebacker position. And it was interesting because you had uh, the first team defense on the white team, the first team offense on the orange team. And Jalen Ford played middle linebacker for the most part in the spring game with David Benda playing the weak side linebacker position that DeMarvian Overshawn will uh, return to once he comes back from his shoulder surgery rehab. I kind of wanted to see David Benda at middle linebacker, but I think the coaches want to get Jalen Ford going as much as possible because they need depth at middle linebacker. And right now, um, I asked Steve Sarkeesian that today. He said David Benda first, Jalen Ford second at middle linebacker, Luke Brockermeyer third. And, and Luke Brockermeyer had a really good spring. I know you talk about walk-ons or former walk-ons with Texas fans, and they start to kind of lose their mind. They don't want to hear about Kai Money being the MVP of the spring game. They don't want to hear about Luke Brockermeyer being one of the best linebackers in the spring, but listen, you find the right guys, coach them up. And it doesn't matter if they're a walk-on or a five-star, are they making plays on the field with all 22? Um, are they standing out? And so uh, David Benda is, was kind of my point here. He led the team. He led the white team with uh, seven tackles, and I thought he filled well, you know, I, my middle linebacker, I need, I need someone who's coming forward, who is initiating contact, blowing up blocks to get to the tackle. And David Benda showed some of that for me. He filled and I, and I, that's, I need to see that from a middle linebacker. It seems like forever since, <laughs> since we've been talking about, you know, a middle linebacker at Texas that is NFL worthy. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I, I think I point to David Benda as also a, a player that you should feel good about uh, from this spring and, and his development. Yeah. I mean, the first step should be forward for a middle linebacker, right? It shouldn't be going backwards. I so, hope so. Yeah. That's what, you know, they get taught at least, but yeah, I agree. You know, that's, that was, another position that has been up in the air, especially after Juwan Mitchell entered the transfer portal. And you're right. I mean, Texas has signed a lot of talent or, you know, recruits that were highly rated 
middle linebackers and they haven't really panned out as much. I do still think if Malik Jefferson would have stuck around for another year, it probably really would have helped his, his career in the NFL and at Texas. But, you know, um, I will say chip one thing about the format of the game. I kind of loved that it was first team offense versus first team defense. Cause I've hated in the past where it's, you know, first team offense versus second team defense. Cause it's kind of like, are you just trying to make the offense or the defense, whichever side it is look better than what they really are, you know? So I really, I appreciate Steve Sarkeesian going this route. I don't know if everybody agrees with that, but I think that it gives you more of a true picture of the overall, you know, talent of the team where sometimes in spring games when it's one's, you know, one offense versus two defense or one defense versus two offense, it's almost like padding the stats a little bit, you know, it's almost like, okay, well, these guys aren't starting. So the starters are just annihilating the non-starters. Okay. Well, what does, what happens when they face off against the starters? And so I really liked that aspect of the spring game. Did, what were your thoughts on that? I totally agree. I, I love that he, he didn't move players from team to team. Mm-hmm. I, he, he, he took the fans into consideration here. Yeah. He, he, he probably, you know, he, he did not call the plays from it's my understanding. AJ mill. We called the plays for both sides. You had Kyle, uh, Kyle flood as the coach of the white team. And Jeff Choate is the coach of the orange team. Uh, AJ mill. We call in the plays and because Sarkeesian wanted to take it all in and, and really um, absorb watching these guys under the lights. And he talked about some players having some jitters and, and that stuff needed to get worked out early. And I think the drops, the drop passes were a prime example of that. The Josh Moore drop, the uh, Malcolm Epps drop, the Marcus Washington drop. There were some other drops by um, running backs. My man, Gabriel Watson can run the former D two rushing leader, but he can't catch. We got to work on my man, Gabriel Watson's hands. Maybe don't a couple... toss him the ball. <laughs> oh my goodness. They went right off his hands, but, um, but he, he, he showed he could run inside. There's, there's a reason he was the D two rushing leader in 2018. But um, yeah, I, I think when you, when you look at, um, you know, the fact that they did not move players from team to team, I thought we got some, there was real suspense going there. Mm -hmm. I mean, everyone thought Casey Thompson's offense was going to rule the day. And it kind of was until the pick six, but then the pick six flipped the script and suddenly, you know, Casey's trying to drive down to get a touchdown and a two point conversion. And by the way, speaking of two point conversions, that sky hook, let's never do that again. (laughs) That was Jeff. That was Jeff Choate's one trick play. Sark said he gave each, coach a trick play and that was the choters trick play he said that that may be coming out of the playbook <laughs> yeah. um because yeah it was a hook shot from casey thompson who doesn't even you know the whole thing is to leave his back to the to the defense as if he's handed the ball they can't see the ball and then he just hooks it over his shoulder well jared wiley fell down on the route and it was an easy pick for for chris Adamora. don't get me started on jared wiley by the way who good God, son, you are a junior, you're 255 pounds. Can you make a commitment to be a more physical football player? Don't just look pretty at six foot seven, running down the field, looking to catch passes. He gave up a sack in that spring game on a whiff 
of uh, blitzing Jaron Thompson. But um, yeah, I, I enjoyed the format. I, I was entertained. I thought we got, I mean, my gosh, Casey Thompson attempted 42 passes. Mm-hmm. I'll take that. That's, yeah. that's fun to watch. And Hudson card attempted 25. So I, I enjoyed it. I walked out of there going, that was, that was kind of fun. Yeah. Normally to give people a little inside look at how the press box typically is during spring games. Normally we're all like, Oh my gosh, like make it stop. Just end this game. When will it end? <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like the never ending freaking story, you know, but that wasn't the case here. I thought it was, it was a lot. I, I think it was, you know, in, in my opinion, Chip, it seems like Steve Sarkeesian may have been out as a head coach for a while. However, the more times I hear him talk, the more that we're seeing of him, I feel like he gets it. You know, he gets it. He, it's not just about having a solid product to bring the fans in. It's about knowing what the fans are going to want to see the spring game. There's a reason I, as you mentioned in the open, you know, that seemed like a much larger crowd than in previous years. And this is during a pandemic. And I still think that there may have been more, they didn't give us an official attendance number. I think the majority of us kind of like said around 25,000, but I think it could have been more than that. And he didn't disappoint those fans. He didn't confuse them by some weird scoring on the scoreboard. He did exactly, you know, you kind of have to reach your base a little bit um, to really engage fans, especially during the spring when fans, a lot of them don't care to go to a spring game. And I mean, when I was a student at Texas, I didn't go to a single spring game, you know, so it's not necessarily something that the non diehards are really all about. So I thought that was, you know, I think that just kind of shows that I feel like he really is into the attention to details that are necessary at a school like Texas to really try to re-engage this fan base. Um, So I thought that was, you know, something to be excited about if you're a fan, because he gets it. Some coaches don't get it. You know, some coaches, um, the previous one was a little bit too smart for his own good, you know, (laughs) thought he got it, but he didn't. So I think that's, you know, something not to, you know, to give Sark credit. You know, I thought that was, that was a really entertaining spring game. And I don't think that I ever would have thought those words would ever leave my mouth in my career. So, yeah, well, we, we've, uh, we mentioned Malcolm Epps. He, uh, he was in the spring game and now he's in the transfer portal. And so uh, that's, uh, it's not a shock. We'd heard that he might be, um, you know, with the, with the two young tight ends coming in, Juan Davis and Gunnar Helm and Juan Davis. Wow. I I know Gunnar Helm caught the 40 yard pass from, from Kai money. And that was pretty, but Juan Davis has got some wiggle at six, four and two fifteen. He almost, looks like he could play on, you know, on the outside and listen, Steve Sarkeesian doesn't, he doesn't care about quote unquote positions. If you can win in a matchup, he'll find a way to feature you. I think Juan Davis is a guy that looked, looked good. Anyway, Malcolm Epps said I'm out. And, uh, and so Texas still has Cade Brewer, Jared Wiley, Juan Davis, Gunnar Helm, and Jatavian Sanders coming in. Uh, Sark did mention that they will probably start Jatavian Sanders on offense. And so that's some suddenly some big receivers out there uh, for Texas. And um, as we said, Sark will find a way to scheme them open. He didn't use any motion in the spring game. That is his forte. 
Uh, he's the king of yo-yo motion where he starts a player in motion one direction, gets him going back the other way and then gets him going back. And that's not, you know, he saved all that for, for later. And it's going to be a lot of fun to watch this guy uh, draw stuff up. All right, Taylor, what, if you have a concern coming out of the spring game, what would your concern be? A part of me kind of wants to say that my concern is kind of at receiver a little bit, but I still think, you know, Jake Smith wasn't out there because he's, you know, injured himself the first practice of spring football. So I don't feel like we got a full look at the receiver group, but some guys, you know, how, I mean, Malcolm Epps, obviously he's transferring. So that's out of the question, but still there was just for guys like a Josh Moore or like Marcus Washington, when they have the ball and able to make a, you know, a catch and they drop it they they've been on campus a little bit too long. I think for, me to feel really great about, you know, where that position is headed. But on the flip side, there's still a lot of talented players. And Steve Sarkeesian said, you know, after the spring game this week that he doesn't care if a guy, you know, typically is a X, you know, Z or H, they're all going to know every position because he's going to have the the three best receivers on the field. And it doesn't matter, you know, so the traditional slot receiver who only stays in the slot position, that's probably out, not the case anymore. So I think, that kind of helps a little bit for the receiver group. Um, I would say safety has been a bit of a concern. Um, you know, I know that there is a clip that Jadon Blue had uh, put out. And it was of spring practice of Bijan Robinson. And obviously Bijan Robinson is a really talented running back. There's no doubt about that. But the safety play in that clip, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is awful. <laughs> you know, and it's like, I know he's good, but I don't think, that he's so good that he's making them look that bad. I think there may be a little bit of a question there. So I would say maybe a little bit, a combination of receiver and safety would be the, the not, I wouldn't say concerns, but just questions that I think need to be addressed for Texas. What about you? Yeah, I think, I think that's fair. And I, and I'll say the offensive line just until they can work together. Right. You know, what is okay. Is Kerstetter going to be the right tackle or is it going to be Andre Carrick? And you're going to look at Kerstetter, I don't know, at left tackle until we know and those guys get the reps in together because no group, no position group has to work more in tandem than the offensive line, picking up twists and stunts, communicating how they set when, how long do I, do I push off on this guy until I move to the next level? You have to have all that communication um, worked out. And, and so you know, I'll say that. I mean, nine sacks. And some of that was, like I said, Jared Wiley, the the tight ends. Um, look, and Sarkeesian talked about the importance of the tight ends. He said outside a quarterback, tight end is probably the most important player in his offense because he uses them for all the motion tricks, all the eye candy. You, you I mean, as a defense, you read the tight end to know if it's strong side, play side, and the way that Sarkeesian moves his tight ends can make you think one second they're running outside zone and the next second they're running inside zone, but they end up still running outside zone. So it's going to be fun to see how these tight ends develop, but Jared Wiley, everyone wants to anoint him, but he's got to become a more physical player. Cade Brewer slimmed down a little bit, had a, had a catch in there, but is a willing blocker at least. And then we'll see how Gunnar Helm 
and Juan Davis can come along. Juan Davis is only 215. I mean, he's he's going to have to really use leverage if he's ever up against a, a, a defensive end or, or God forbid, a defensive tackle. But that's that position has to to develop. I'll just say the pass protection. Yeah. Across the board, because they said Bijan Robinson, his next big thing to to master is blitz pickup and pass protection as as a running back. And I love watching Roshan Johnson play because I never see him miss that. I never see him miss his blitz responsibility or his his pass protection assignment. And and so I'll just say pass protection, pass protection. As, yeah. as my concern coming out of the spring. One thing with that, I will say too, real quick is um, with the offensive line. I mean, the consistent, you brought up a really good point, the consistency and the, the camaraderie, not camaraderie, but you know, like making sure that they are all on the same page is so key. I mean, there's a reason why you don't see many offensive linemen subbing out in the middle of a game, <laughs> you know, I mean, the position probably that stays on the field, consistently the most is that group because of how important that is, you know? And so, um, I think that that's, I just wanted to say, that's a really good point that you address and, um, maybe, you know, that will, the sack issue and pass protection from the offensive line, uh, issues will change when everybody is in the same group, you know, but, um, I thought that was a good point. Yeah. And, and Sark is a, a guy who, um, you know, he's going to leave his best players on the field as much as possible, so to get back to what you were talking about in terms of player rotations and why isn't Josh Moore on the field when it's third and eight at, you know, Oklahoma state, um, we're not going to have those kinds of questions anymore. Yeah. Um, all right, Taylor, uh, you ready for some love it or leave it? You know it. Well, before we get to it, we're going to take a really short break, but stick around. So we'll have some more topics uh, hitting hard on the football uh, conversation on this week's episode of the flagship podcast. So stay tuned. We will be right back. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon. When a thought hits you, I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road with available H track, all wheel drive and three row seating. My whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Chip, are you ready for some love it or leave it? Let's do it. All righty. My first one for you is love it or leave it. We saw enough in the spring game to determine who the starting quarterback is likely to be. Yeah, I'm going to leave this because I think uh, I think this battle is still still playing out. And we saw good things from both quarterbacks, saw some mistakes from both quarterbacks. Um you know, Casey's pick six, which turned the turn the game. Hudson Card leaving the pocket too early and running right into a sack uh, in the red zone. Can't do that. And and you know, both missed 
uh, a couple passes, you're thinking, huh? But they made plays and, and they showed you some really good stuff. The third and eight pass from, from Casey while being flushed, a perfect throw on the run to Jordan Whittington on the, on the drive that got him down into the red zone before the pick six and Hudson card, the, you know, that throw to Marcus Washington in the end zone, throwing him open uh, where the defender had the receiver completely covered up, but Hudson card uh, threw him open. That kind of stuff. You're like, okay, mm-hmm. I can get used to that. So right. I, I think this one is still um, it's, it's still happening. That battle's still happening. I'm not ready to anoint uh, either one. Uh, I do think that Steve Sarkeesian is, is going with the veteran guy who he's seen in the Alamo Bowl. I think it's Casey Thompson's job to lose. I'd be kind of surprised if he doesn't get the start in the first game of the season. But look, if Hudson Card is pressing him and making more plays and showing that consistency, he could be the guy. So it's um, it, to me, it's I'm going to leave that. How about you? I'm going to agree. I'm going to leave it. And, you know, I'm kind of, that's a good point. You know, if, if, if Hudson card continues to push Casey Thompson and they're neck and neck, you know, I kind of go back to what my, my father-in-law, who was a long time um, coach in the state of Texas would always say, if there was a, a younger guy that was even, even with an older guy, more times than not, he would go with the younger guy because his, you know, the upside is more. Um, but I do think, I, I think I'm a little bit, how I, I kind of mentioned earlier, I, I was probably a little bit more not um, so sure that Casey is the guy. And I didn't necessarily think that was going to be the case. I thought, you know, without having seen Hudson card, you know, we didn't see him in fall camp last year. He didn't have a spring practice last year. I've kind of thought that he, his development is probably um, much further behind than in a normal situation, you know, outside of a pandemic, but um, I will say that he, he was impressed. I mean, even the, you know, the, the passes that he threw to Malcolm Epps and Marcus Washington that they dropped, those were drops. Those were perfect passes that they should have caught. So, um, I was, I was impressed with Hudson card. I do think that it's a much closer race than I thought it was going to be. And in my opinion, that's a good thing. Texas fans should be happy about that because competition, you know, the whole iron sharpens iron, that's real. You know, that is not some, that's not just some cliche that people use. That's a real, that's a real thing. And when Texas has been at its best, the, some of the key positions had the iron sharpens iron type of deal. Like, I mean, think back to the 2005 BCS national championship winning team, the defense there. I mean, my goodness, how many players on defense went on to play in the NFL, but they didn't see the field a ton. It's like, because that's how good, you know, when good competition keeps going, that makes it a whole team better. And so I think at a quarterback position, that's key as long as you can keep both guys engaged as well and manage it, you know, moving forward. So I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to leave this and say that the race continues and it's probably closer than I thought it was prior to, uh, you know, the spring game. Yeah. All right. Love it or leave it. Number two, number two for you is love it or leave it. The MVP of the spring game was Deshaun Jamison, who had a 92-yard pick six on a pass thrown by Casey Thompson on the last play of the first half. Well, I don't think there's any bigger fans of Deshaun Jamison than you and me. Yeah. You know, I mean, he reminds me, I don't know if you ever saw the that movie, The Life of Pets. Uh-uh. And Kevin Hart plays Tiny Dog, who's just this tiny dog with this 
huge bite. He'll take on anyone. And that's Deshaun Jameson. He's 5'10". Looks like, oh, no. You know, we're at a size disadvantage. No. This guy just makes plays. So I'm going to love this, Taylor. I mean, it swung the game. Um, Casey Thompson wants that pass back, but Deshaun Jameson caught it, took it 92 yards, went on Sports Center, and that's what Deshaun Jameson does. His 100-yard return at Oklahoma State got him back in the game. They have no chance of winning that game without Deshaun Jameson making that play. Um, my goodness, I love this kid. So yeah, give him the give him the MVP. I'm gonna love this. I agree. I'm gonna love this too. And I mean that that pass from Casey. I went back and watched the play a few times because um, sometimes you know we're in the press box. A lot of times it's difficult to kind of see how plays develop from our angle. I mean, we have the TV replay, you know, above, but still it's, it's not the same as being able to sit in front of the TV and like watch it over and over again. When I saw the replay, cause I thought when I saw it there, cause I think, I don't know if you heard me, but I'd said like, oh, that's going back the other way, but it was before he even threw the ball. Cause I could tell that he was staring down Whittington. It's like, you don't do that when Deshaun Jameson is in coverage there. Because, Especially in zone coverage. Exactly. Because that kid, he, as you met, he, we always say, he just makes plays. And if you're in an even five-yard vicinity and the quarterback is staring down the receiver and Jameson catches it, I would say it's a 50-50 chance that's taken to the house the other way. So, um, yeah, I was, I, you know, I, I love good defense. That's more my thing. So I love seeing those type of big kind of momentum shifting plays from a defensive side of the ball because offense always gets so much credit. Defense is what wins championships. So I love seeing that type of stuff. And I'm going to agree. He definitely deserves the uh, MVP there. For- and he also tackles well. Yes. As a corner. Some of these guys throw their shoulder and, and it's an embarrassment. Deshaun wraps up. And, and I thought the defense tackled well, by the way, in this uh, spring game, which is always a plus. You don't want to see guys just, you know, going through one tackler after another and staying on their feet. But John Robinson's one thing, but I thought for the most part, uh, the defense tackled well. Okay, Taylor, love it or leave it number three. My final one for you, Chip, is love it or leave it. There's nothing wrong with Kai Money being the leading receiver in the spring game. I mean... You know, I can't. I, 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 listen, I'm I'm with uh, Texas Longhorns fans who say we should be getting Jalen Waddle. He's from Texas, and all you know. They had uh, the kid from who went to Purdue. Uh, oh gosh, from Florida, Rondale Moore. Yes, they had him committed, and that guy went off as a freshman caught 115 passes he's in the nfl draft this year and meanwhile kai money's out here chugging along former walk-on making plays i mean taylor think about it if you don't give the mvp to deshaun jameson you might give it to kai money because not only did kai money lead his team in receptions with six for 79 yards he threw that he caught the lateral and threw the 41 yard double pass to Gunnar Helm and took a shot after delivering that pass. You could argue Kai money would be the MVP of the spring game. And 
I, you know, Wes Welker was a walk-on at Texas Tech. I'm not saying Kai Money's Wes Welker, but I'll for damn sure tell you if Steve Sarkeesian thinks Kai Money can help him, he'll drop a couple plays for the money man. Yeah. No issues with Kai Money being the leading receiver in this game. We know Jordan Whittington, O'Meary, and, you know, Josh Moore, Jake Smith are going to get their, their touches. Nothing wrong with Kai Money leading the receiving in a spring game. You? Love it or leave it? I think I'm going to go three for three and agree with you, Chip. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love this one because I, like, I, I hear, I understand why Texas fans feel that way. First of all, mentioning Jalen Waddell, that was a Tom Herman miss there, mind you. Uh, they had Justin Watkins. <clears throat> committed at the time who never went to Texas and they were recruiting Rondell Moore. So they took their foot off the gas <laughs> and stopped recruiting uh, Jalen Waddle. Um, and then they lose out in the other two. But anyway, I, uh, I digress. I won't go back to, you know, Hey, and save your worthy, the speedster former commit uh, at Michigan is on his way. Yes. And yes. he's got 10, five, 500 track speed. So speed's yes. coming. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think that, I understand why Texas fans feel that they should not have to rely on a walk-on. doesn't mean that that's a bad thing. I mean, it's not that this walk-on is out, you know, outperforming um, the starters all the time. It's like, no, he's actually outperforming the backups that haven't really performed to their, the standard that people expected from them when they were, you know, recruited by Texas. So I don't, I, I hear what Texas fans are saying, I don't think it's accurate. I think if you have a guy that can be consistently making catches and somebody, even if he has to come off the bench to give one of the, you know, main starters, um, a breather, or whatever you want somebody coming off the bench that you are going to be able to rely on. That's going to be reliable, um, to make plays if the ball comes his way. And I think that Kai money has shown that a little bit. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that this just shows that, Texas has guys that may not be as well-known, but they still have talent behind the more well-known guys. And that's not a bad thing in my opinion. So I'm going to agree with you. All right. We'll leave it there before we uh, inflame the blood pressure of (laughs) Texas fans with any more conversation of Kai money uh, being the offensive star of the spring game. Um, But uh, Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for uh, tuning in to the flagship podcast. We always appreciate it. Make sure you're getting over to Horns 24-7. And if you're not already a member at Horns 24-7, get the annual membership. It is less than like you going to Starbucks and you're going to get all the inside scoop and access to all the VIP content on all the team sites in the 24-7 sports network, the dominant network when it comes to college sports and uh and get over to itunes you know those five-star ratings are much appreciated by taylor and myself and so for taylor estes the managing editor at horns 24 7 i am chip brown thanks so much for listening and until next time oh and make sure you check out our interview with Quan cosby from monday recapping the spring game he's got some great points um, so go check that out right now. Let's, we'll just say goodbye right now. Thanks for listening, everybody. Stay safe and keep the faith. <laughs>